Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Morning, everybody. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say play ESPN on your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Harry Douglas sitting in for Jay right now. Morning, Key. Morning, Harry. Morning for the third time. Yeah, you know, Groundhog's Day a little bit. But, yes. uh, you know, top some of people, the hour. Top of the hour. Top of the hour to you, Key. So, uh, Harry, you played in the NFL. Your brother played in the NBA. That's an athletic family right there. Joel Embiid had 42-14 and 14 last night versus Giannis in the Bucks. Forty hmm. And Giannis and Embiid have had some battles the last several years. I don't know if people have been paying attention, but they put up some crazy numbers, have great games against each other. It's not like Giannis didn't do his thing, but Embiid went for 42-14 and 14 in the win. Guys, earlier in the show, Harry J had... Embiid at this moment in time as the number one player in the game. What do you think about what he did against Giannis last night and what that means about where he is right now in the constellation of stars in the NBA? Yeah, this was a game last night that I was playing, uh, paying closely attention to because I wanted to see the mindset and the attitude of Embiid going against, not particularly being matched up with Giannis, but going against Giannis in the game. Right, because the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA Finals last year. Giannis got Finals MVP. But let me tell you what what, what clicked for me when it came to Embiid. Remember that shot against the Toronto Raptors that Kawhi Leonard hit? From that moment on, I think a light switch went off in Embiid's head. I think he started taking things more seriously. Um, I think the play-play stuff went out the door, and we seen him be dominant. Now, remember how Shaq was dominant, but Shaq didn't have that – outside game when you look at Embiid he is a grown man a bully he's skillful he can play with his back to the basket facing the basket the man shooting 81 percent from the free throw line 37 percent as a seven footer from three there's no flaws in his game and we ain't even talked about the footwork what I seen from him last night was a message to Giannis in the Bucks, but not just to Giannis in the Bucks, but to everybody in the league not just the Eastern Conference, but everybody in the East, everybody in the West that I'm here and y'all going to have to deal with me. And I'm thinking in my mind right now, how many centers in the game can even match up with Embiid with his skill set? And I tell you, I have none. Because if you have a guy like a Rudy Gobert who can protect the basket, Embiid can take you outside that paint, right? He can dribble like a guard. He can shoot the ball like a wing. He can do it all, man. So I don't see no flaws in this game. And right now, with Kevin Durant not playing, I mean, you can't pick Kevin Durant right now because he's not playing. He's, out, he's not out there every night or every other night showing his skill set, even though we know what his skill set is. But Embiid is putting his stamp on the NBA, and he's letting everybody know, I'm here, and I'm here to stay, and we're trying to make some noise. Yeah, I think Jay got it right when he hit Embiid and made him the most, you know, dominant player in the NBA right now. Kevin Durant's on the shelf. 
LeBron James is is on a team that's uh, in the ninth seed sitting right now. Uh, so I don't I don't really have a problem with his list that he put out. I thought it was done pretty pretty well. Um, you know, brought up the the conversation about another big being able to to guard Embiid and Embiid obviously on the defensive end shot trajectory changing that for a lot of people and being in the middle of the paint. Um, but Harry hit it all right. He could do a lot of different things. He could shoot from the perimeter. He could put the ball on the floor. And once he gets to the cup, he's so damn big. You can't go around him. You can't go through him. So you had a disadvantage to start with. Um, the 76ers are going to be interesting down the stretch, though, because James Harden is going to be joining the party after the All-Star break. And we'll see what they are. We'll see if, if for whatever reason, the focus shifts and changes from Embiid being the dominant player that he's been in the first half to something clunky in the second half because of the addition of James Harden. We're going to get to that in a second. I have two things I want to say about Embiid. One, your point and Jay's point, Harry, from earlier in the show, Harry Douglas in for Jay Will right now on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max ESPN Radio, is that like even take a guy like Gobert, like Embiid can take him out you know, and drown him in deep waters outside, right? Yep. So who would who ideally could defend Embiid? You say, well, if a dude like Simmons, because that was Ben Simmons' criticism of Gobert getting Defensive Player of the Year last year. Remember, like he can't guard five positions. I can. He's right. He's right. But like Simmons, if you you have to put some weight on him. Okay. Well, you know who that is defensively, Giannis. But we just saw Embiid give <laughs> give Giannis forty two and fourteen last night. So the answer really is no one, right? And that leads yep. me to the second point. I bring this up from time to time. There's a difference between better and greater. Like every top sprinter in the world would dust Jesse Owens. It's the one sport we measure objectively. We actually have a time. We don't have to debate it. Look, these dudes are all faster than that dude. But that doesn't mean any of them are as great as Jesse Owens, right? How do you do against your contemporaries is how we measure greatness. Not just who's better because athletes get better and better as time goes on. So I just say that to say I'm not claiming Embiid is the greatest center of all time. He is not in his era yet or probably never will be what Kareem was or Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain or even Shaq, right? These guys were dominant, so dominant for so many years. I am saying this, though. He might be better in the sense that his game, overall game, you guys both talked about it, he is the first legit seven-foot wide body who can do every single thing on both ends of the floor. Like, I guess I guess one day a guy will come along like Embiid who can also defend out in space better than Embiid, and then that'll replace Embiid. But this dude has the most complete overall game at that size that we've ever seen. All right, so... It's scary. It's scary. So, Harry, what Key brought up... Harden is now with Embiid. And on the one hand, you go, that might be the best pick-and-roll combination of all time, considering what both guys can do. On the other hand, Jay keeps talking about they're both sort of ISO players, right? They both need the ball. How does that work? I I, I don't know, because what we're seeing transpire from Joel Embiid right now, you don't want to mess that up, right? He's in a groove. He's in a zone. The man has tunnel vision. You add a Harden who is normally ball dominant and has to, ball, has, has to have the ball in his hands. And I understand you can go pick and roll, but it's a lot of times you can just give Embiid the ball and just say, say let, him, let, let him do work. But if Harden has the ball in his hands, eating up the shot clock, eating up the time on the shot clock, how's that going to happen? 
right? And B's the type of person, I don't want to just throw him the ball with five seconds left on the shot clock. No, I want to give it to him about 10 or 12. You know what I mean? Let him do his work because he's that great of an ISO player. But both of them are ISO players. Now, I do believe when James Harden get there, it's going to create space for everyone else, for those shooters to be able to be shooting um, warm-up shots. No one guarding them. But at the same time, Embiid is the centerpiece on your team. And this is what Harden has to understand, too, coming to this team. This is Embiid's team, right? He's the number one. You're the number two. When all said it, when it's all said and done, give Embiid the damn ball and get out the way. You know, Harden last year, how's it all going to work? Only one ball with KD and Kyrie. When he was on the floor with at least one of those other dudes, he played a perfect point guard. And he's averaging like 22 points or something. I don't doubt Harden can do that. Like, defer in terms of scoring to Embiid, even if he's the dominant ball handler, Harden. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's go from the NBA to the Super Bowl champs, guys. Here's the snap. Here's the name. The Bengals will not call a timeout. The sidelines empty. Rings for the Rams. A Lombardi trophy for Los Angeles on their home field in Super Bowl 56. The Los Angeles Rams are world champions. And the world champs. Defensive coordinator Raheem Morris is with us now on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Morning, champ. Good morning, Maxman. How you doing, man? Good. Good to hear from you. Good morning, Maxman. How you doing? Oh, clear your throat, man. Let us have, let us have a moment. Be, clear your throat, seen, man. There's only one guy that can talk to me like that, and he better have shared championship with me. Clear your throat, <laughs> man. I know it's early. You're still screaming and hollering and partying, so you got a little raspy voice going on there. What's up, radio? Oh, we got the raspy. We got the coffee going. We got everything working. Uh, my body clock is still on season mode, but my mind is ready to shut it down, man. And uh, got up early this morning thinking about you, Keith. <laughs> well, yeah, man. We it, it, congratulations, by the way, on, on getting that second uh, Super Bowl championship trophy. I know the ticket tape parade was uh, was a must see on television. Was it as much fun in person as it seemed to be on TV? You know, I just think. Uh, having the ability to be with your guys, your, your, your people, the people you work so hard with. You know, Sean uh, preaches people. You know, we compete with our schemes, but with our people, what we win with, and to be able to celebrate with those people was, was unbelievable. To see Aaron Donald and the excitement that he had throughout the parade, to see all of the guys out there just enjoy themselves, really having a great time, you know, for the city, by the people. Um, it, it, was, it was great, man. So we just definitely had a great time, and, a great, and, and it was a great look for us. What did you do well, different? What did you do different in the second half to get the six out of seven sacks in the Super Bowl that you did not do in the first half to get after Joe Burrow? You know, Keyshawn, is chess, man. And um, we went into the game with the ability to go out there and cover these guys and, and keep a cloud on the coverage and eliminate these guys from big plays. And when we did that, um, these guys were able to move the ball a little bit. We almost wanted to dare them to run the football early in the game. Um, they came out with the willingness to run it, probably not enough. Um, if you look at it back at it, you look back at it. Um, but what we did in the second half, we wanted to come after them, wanted to present some pressure with Ernest, uh, put him up in the gap to free up Aaron so they could stop the slide, do some of those different things like that. And once you're free up Aaron, you know, it's pretty much a wrap. He's one of the best closers in the game, and he was able to go out there and close the game. And some of our other guys got going. Vaughn Miller um, sneakily had two sacks, if you can say sneakily. But those guys got going in the second half with the ability to rush them, at the, get up to the passer and some of our blitzes. And it was really fun to watch. It was really fun to do. 
Rod, when you look at that Super Bowl defensively, who's one guy on your defense who was kind of the unsung hero that not many people are actually talking about? Yeah, I will give you Ashawn Robinson. You know, Ashawn Robinson, when he's on the field, um, he's out there, he's a dominant run defender. And in this game, he became a dominant run defender. He became a dominant pass player. Um, I believe he ended up with a sack. Um, he's one of those guys that people don't know a lot about, um, but he absolutely can use his hands. He can shed blocks. He gets off blocks fast. He plays with the right mindset, his temperament. You know, everything that's been in that room, you know, started from Eric Henderson, their D-line coach, and what they go with that dog work mentality comes out all over the field with him doing it. And if you had to say unsung, I'd have to say, you know, Ashawn Robinson is one of those unsung heroes for us. Talking to Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, so one of the reasons Aaron Donald is so – I thought he would be the most valuable player in the playoffs throughout that he was. I thought he'd be the most, the, the most important player in the Super Bowl. I thought he was. I thought he deserved Super Bowl MVP. But part of the reason is when you have a dude like that, a guy like Von Miller, you know, is even better, and he's already still very, very good. How key of an addition – was Von Miller, you guys traded a second and a third for him. People said it was too much to give up for a guy at that stage in his career. But how key of an addition was he at, at, at the midseason, Mark? You know, Max, you can't say enough about Von Miller and what he did for our team. You know, when he first got there, I tell people all the time, he kind of eased his way into it, learned the language, tried to find out what we were doing, how it was different from what they did in Denver you know, some of the different things, some of the different drops, some of the different rushes, whatever the case may be, and what it was called. And then to watch him start to get his flow and his groove, and he started to go through the motions, and he started to really make things look easy for himself. And it just continued throughout the playoffs, and it continued, you know, really late in our season as he got going, and he got healthy, and some of those things happened for him. It it was instrumental to almost everything we did at the end of the season and how we finished up. This guy is uh, unbelievable. Uh, person. He's an unbelievable leader. He added to the leadership of our football team. And I, I can't say enough good, positive things about Vaughn Miller. Man, I thought you was a I, – I actually, I honestly thought you were a pretty good defensive back coach and a defensive coordinator, but you certainly put Jalen Ramsey in a bad position on that long touchdown and that coverage because y'all were supposed to get the flag. Why would you call that? <laughs> so we came out of halftime, and we had a big-time run defense on. It was strike. And we put Jalen in, in harm's way a lot. You know, um, at that corner position, man, there are no there are no friends out there. And we, no, we but put why, that guy but, out there. Hey, Raheem, no, why you didn't get the call, though? The face mask call. Hey, man, you know, I, I am not here to complain about that. You're not going to get me fined eight days after the Super Bowl, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we didn't get it, man. And um, if you're going to put somebody in harm's way, it's going to be number five. Um, I got so much belief in him and so much belief in his ability. Even when he doesn't make the play, uh, we look each other in the eye and we know, like, hey, um, I'm going to call it again. So get ready, man. It's that guy. Um, and, I, and I love that about him. And it, that, it, that's what makes it phenomenal for me, Key, man. You know, everybody not built for this stuff. And um, he certainly is, Keyshawn. No, he, se- he seemed like the, you know, I don't know him personally, but he seemed like a fun dude that you would want to certainly play with. You had an opportunity to be a head coach down in Tampa, a little bit over a decade ago, and I know you want to get back into it. Did you feel like at all, Raheem, while you were doing the interviews this season, one in particular, Minnesota, that you had a legitimate shot at getting one of these jobs, considering as we look back, there's only two African-American head coaches to date 
and that would be Lovey Smith, who you know very well and worked with, as well as Mike Tomlin, that you know very well and worked with in Pittsburgh? You know, Keyshawn, I'll start with my journey. And this year, I only had the one interview with Minnesota. So that's the only one and the only team that I can really talk about. And I thought the Minnesota interview was well done. I thought it was organized. I thought we had it worked out on Zoom. We met first. I thought we had another in-person interview a couple of days later. Uh, we had the opportunity to go meet at the Four Seasons Hotel and sit there with those guys and discuss our plan and what we wanted to do and how we would have moved forward if I would become their head coach. Um, so I got a lot of respect for the, the Wolf family. I got a lot of respect for everybody that was a part of the Rod Brzezinski's, the Andrew Millers, um, all the people that was involved in that interview. Um, Casey obviously had just got on when he, when he did the second interview, and I think those guys did a great job of interviewing. Um, however, they picked Kevin O'Connell, my teammate, my guy, um, and that's what they chose to go with. Uh, with the offensive background, I know I have some of that stuff too, and they picked him for the reasons that they picked him. And I can't complain about that. The only situation that I could talk about is my own. In my own situation this year, I felt like I really had an opportunity. I felt like it was a good situation for me to go into, and I felt like it was something that I would present my best foot forward. And, again, um, that's all you can go on. Um, I'm not going to discredit anybody else's theories and what happened to them, but I have to say, for me, um, it, it was a, a really good opportunity. Um, would like to have more. I'm sure more will come along as I continue to get better and grow and get more developed in my own game personally, and uh, those things will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry about that. Your, your time is definitely coming. But i got to ask you this. You're losing some defensive coaches. How, how important is it to replace those guys with the right people because we all know you have some personalities on that defense? You know, I just started, man. I talked about you win with your people, and, and that's what we do here at the Rams. I mean, Sean McVay. Uh, Lesney, Kevin Demoff, Tony, all the guys up in the front front office, you guys know they do a great job of recruiting and finding the right people. Um, and it's the reason I believe I'm sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in now. Um, they sought me out, and we had the ability to work together, and we'll go out and we'll find those right people again. You know, we talk about losing a guy like Gerald Evero and what he's brought to the table since Sean's been here, I think can't go, um, you know, undervalued. Or can't go, it can't go missed. Um, Sean definitely has done a great job promoting from within. Um, I believe you will see a little bit more of that um, because of the people that we groomed to put in position to go out there and win football games and be in the right positions. Um, but definitely um, losing those kind of guys, um, being able to add a Marcus Dixon last year and him coming here and really being a part of that value and our core values and our beliefs, bringing his family a part of this thing, and now losing him to elevate I mean, losing people the right way, I think, Harry, is the most important thing. And I think what we've done here is we've lost people the right way for elevation, for growth, for development, for movement. Uh, you, you can't knock those ways that we've lost people. Um, Raheem, I want to um, circle back to Aaron Donald, talking to Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, two-time Super Bowl champion here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, Harry Douglas in for Jay. Um, Aaron Donald, like one of the things you hear a lot about the, the Seahawks, oh, they you know tried to make Russell Wilson the guy and they went away from the defense, but there's wisdom in that because defensive kind of errors last maybe – five years usually you have a dude on top for like five years and then he's he's still good but not quite the same Aaron Donald's been doing it for eight years now and there's doesn't look like there's any fall off like six years in a row I think he's easily the best defensive player in football including this one by the way how many more years can this dude have at this level do you think because at a certain place 30 years old he's still the best player in the game (laughs) You, you know Max you're probably better off asking your colleagues that. You know, Keyshawn, a great player in his own right. Um, only person that can tell those kind of guys, Keyshawn Johnson, you know, the Julio Joneses, the Warren Saps, on when they're done is those people. 
Um, Aaron Donald is absolutely one of one, and I know that term's thrown around way too loosely, but this guy is, is, is unbelievable. And I think he's the only person that can tell you how many more years he has left. You know, like uh, we talked about with Tom Brady. You know, um, I know you're famous for being wrong about that, Max. Yeah. And I give you credit because you absolutely <laughs> own it every chance you get. Why is, why is Key so tickled it? by that, Raheem? You hear that? He's so tickled by that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be honest, Max. Okay, so my wife's from Boston. Yeah. And and when I was up there, you made that comment a couple of years ago, man. Everybody was asking me the same questions, knowing I was a coach that know me personally. And I'm like, you guys are crazy, and so is Max. But um, you claimed that, and you owned it at a, at a very high level, and I uh, – I appreciate what the that. hell else could I do? Like deny reality, you know? <laughs> Raheem. Before we let you go, before we get, let you go, I want to ask you something about the ticker tape parade, though, right? So, what yeah. what was your drink of choice? Oh man, you know, um, I had a little Bud Light. You know, it was just it just what 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 it was. It was um, what we had to do. It was um, it was fun for the team. It was fun for all of us. Um, it was a long ride down to the stadium. Um, we had a ball key, and uh, I, I didn't ask you. you about all that. I said the drink of choice. What were you, you drinking deserve, when you, you said everybody you. stand oh, up, oh, oh, blankety, blankety, <laughs> blank, when they was already standing? Or better yet, how much did you drink when you said that? This was too much fun, man. That's all it was. Here, much fun. It was like Raheem. Can I answer that? Back in the plane, having too much fun. Raheem, can I answer that? Uh, Key, you're better off asking your colleagues about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, put Raheem. the man on the spot. Hey, Raheem ain't changed a bit. Don't worry about it. You all right. You safe. We got your back oh, covered, no. man. Key, I couldn't wait to talk to you. Um, when they got me to call, they said, Keyshawn, I want to talk to you. Max Kellum, I couldn't wait to talk to you guys because I know who you guys are. Always had a lot of respect for Max and his, and his fight analyst. Um, big fight fan and a uh, big time watching you guys, man. I really enjoyed it. And Harry, uh, definitely shocked and happy you're here today. I just talked to you a couple of days ago, and, and uh, glad you're here, man. Miss Jay, but I'm glad it could be replaced by you, Harry. I've been knowing Raheem since Raheem was running around the locker room getting on people's nerves in his young Hoster <laughs> days. So, <laughs> well, come a long ways, young man. Coach, back hey, at man. you, big hey, fan. Congratulations. Oh, man, thank you, guys, man. Enjoy your day, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bet, bet. There he is, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator of the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Coming up, where will Aaron Rodgers end up next season? Let us be the first show to ask. We're really spinning it forward. Where will Aaron Rodgers, you won't hear this anywhere else, where will Aaron Rodgers end up next season? We're going to ask a Hall of Famer and Packers Super Bowl champion next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. They're willing, ready, and able to do whatever it takes to further entice Aaron Rodgers to remain in Green Bay. Well, I think it's too little too late. The facts are Aaron has never been better professional. Like, he looks the part. I mean, he just won his fourth MVP. What does it feel like to commit to a season and that's what I want to do? And the good thing is I still feel like my body, you know, is in a good place. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, one app, one tap. Your smart speakers say play ESPN. We're right there. Download the podcast. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are joined now by newly elected Pro Football Hall of Famer, the great Leroy Butler, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Hall of Famer. Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Congratulations. You still, Thanks, you still, yeah, I appreciate it. You still crying or the tears dried up now? Uh, no, they'll still be flowing. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet they will be, man. It It is, uh, yeah. you know, I, I talked to you, I don't know, two months ago or whatever it was, but to be able to put Pro mm-hmm. Football Hall of Famer in front of your name and, and know that I had an opportunity to play against you is just uh, a joy in itself. And, and, again, congratulations on getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and I know your family and everybody's proud of you and Packer Nation is proud of you. Well-deserved. I really appreciate it. Um, I think key for me that was very emotional when they gave me my number. And I was like, what is that? He's like, well, you're number 357. And then he, um, it was like, that's your number going in. I think it was the last number was 350, 362. Then it dawned on me only 362 guys in the Hall of Fame and only had like 107 living. So it was amazing. And, and, as you said, the tears start flowing to get emotionally to think about what I've had to go through as a child growing up, African-American in the inner city, single-parent home, special-needs kid, to be a Hall of Famer is pretty amazing. No, it is. In the, you know, you talk about one Hall of Famer and yourself to a future Hall of Famer in the quarterback mm-hmm. in the Green Bay Packers in Aaron Rodgers. What is his future in Green Bay, is he coming? Is he going? Is he staying? Is he leaving? Is he not playing? What 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 should we make of everything now? Well, here's the thing about it: if you had asked me this in um, maybe like two weeks after the loss to San Francisco at home, I would have said they're moving on. I mean, you drafted Jordan Love, and you know some people thinking, well, we don't know how good he is, and. I think sometimes you get scared of change when you've been winning so much. And Matt LaFleur has done a pretty good uh, coach, broke Seifert's record, first three years, 40 wins. But, you know, it appears it's called title town for a reason. 
So you're thinking, well, if you look at the Super Bowl guys, uh, second-year quarterback who hurt his knee, Burrow, and Matthew Stafford, who they played a lot and threw you a lot of picks and everything was great, but these guys are in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. So with this offense, do you really need a Hall of Fame quarterback? And that's where everybody split. But the organization came out, you know, here recently and said, hey, listen, we want to keep him for a few more years, and that's fine too. Just give us a direction. So they're going to try to go for it for the next three years and try to win a Super Bowl. From your perspective, what are some of the challenges for the Packers in bringing back Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's a great question because, and Keyshawn knows this, I took three pay cuts to stay with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers ain't doing that. <laughs> no, I mean, they're $45 million over the cap. They got to extend um, something I talked about yesterday on my show in Milwaukee. They got to extend the head coach and Gutekunst, the general manager coach. They all got going to be lame ducks. And Jordan Love as well. You're going to pick up his fifth-year option. He's still going to be on the bench. They got to figure out the cap situation first. Once they extend Aaron Rodgers, they could probably save $20 million. Then you got Devontae Adams staring at you. Okay, fine. Then you got so many guys that you're going to need to put on the team with him to go back again. The Rams are like, listen, we'll, we'll be overdrawn in our account like most Americans. You're overdrawn. They charge you $45 a day until you put money in that account. You don't have the money to do it. In the NFL, they do these avoidable years, and they give you all this money and spread it out. So they'll make it work. But then you're going to have to go to some guys and say, listen, I need you to take a pay cut. And most guys will give you the side eye and say, wait a minute. I only make like $7 million. You want me to take two, but you're giving the quarterback an extension and giving him 50 Those are tough decisions. And that's on every team. All quarterbacks do this. So the financial part of it I think will be worked out next since they brought in Tom Clements, who was under Mike McCarthy. So even Clements, the new wide receivers coach, he got to learn the offense. This is a new offense for him. Well, when you look at you look at the offensive side of the ball, just about every receiver in that room is a free agent or a restricted free agent. How do you see right. that playing out? Because if Aaron Rodgers does come back, most likely we figured Devontae Adams would be back, but everybody else has to sign back as well. So, how, if the, if if the cap situation is is that mind boggling, how how do how do they get the supporting cast to help out Devontae Adams? They'll probably go to some of these guys and get them some minimum. Uh, deals or slightly uh, above average deals. But like MVS, if you look, I, okay, I was at the uh, SoFi Stadium, which is platinum, by the way. That surface is a fast surface. For MVS, some team will give him a lot of money because he's a fast guy. Now, he was hurt all year, but they may try to bring him back. There's your deep threat, and they'll try to sprinkle in some guys. You could probably see them once they get the cap situation secure maybe in June, you know, dipping in the free agency, whatever's left. Could they figure if we got the quarterback and we can get anybody to be a receiver, but you got to figure out Devontae Adams as well. Because if you get Devontae Adams, a lot of guys probably want to come with him just to be role players. But the thing about this offense, it's all built on running the ball, the illusion, the running uh, misdirection plays. But I just can imagine if Matthew Stafford – I know you added OBJ, but if he, had, he didn't have Cooper Cup, I just don't know how that offense moves. So they got to figure out that. And they got to figure out the tight end situation as well. And the, the offensive line as well. It's a lot of problems right now. They got to fix it before March 10th because that's the new year starts and people start to look at your roster and see how can they fix it. Leroy Butler, you heard him say it himself. Every year 
in the NFL, there are thousands of players, literally, when you look at practice squads and everything, thousands of players every single year. And league goes on decade after decade after get decade, and only a handful of hundred, you know, 300 and change, are in the Hall of Fame, and Leroy Butler is one of them. Congratulations again. Thanks for joining us this morning. All Thank right, you man, so much, congrats. guys. All right. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. God is good. Bye-bye. Uh, he could do everything, Key. That dude could do everything. Oh, like, yeah. It, no, he was good. He, he was real good. You <laughs> didn't know. Like, Harry missed him, huh? I think Harry, no, Harry might have missed it. No, I, no, but I, I mean I playing I against him. him. Yeah, you missed oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he could yeah. tackle. He could... He could, well, he could uh, play corner. He could he play could, safety. Yeah, he could cover. He could, cover. Yeah, he can he could rush the quarterback. Like he could do everything you, you want to do to do it at a high level. Say, man, come on, man, don't, don't. don't. I just answered the question. I, did he lock you up? No, no, no. Fool. I did. That's all you gotta say. Ain't nobody locked me up. Don't let nobody tell you, you that. Give me a story. You about to write a book? I asked you once. Man, I, I done caught a ball in every game I done played in. <laughs> Harry uh, has other responsibilities. So thanks a lot for joining us, Harry. Thank you for Not joining us, Harry. Send Jay the bill. It's an interesting question you asked Key just then. What was the question again? Man, did he, did he lock you up? Key, what was and the I answer said, to that? And I said no. Oh, okay. Caught a ball in every game I ever played in. That don't mean he didn't lock you up, though, Key. Just because <laughs> you one, caught only one, one, only one, only one, you one in. Only one person I can remember locking me up, and that was James Hasties hmm. from Kansas City. Okay. What was, yeah, what, that was how'd he do it? That was a different. Did he put the yeah, paws I, on you? Ooh, Harry, I still got handprints on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Harry. All right, fellas. How much say should Dak get in the Cowboys offseason roster decisions? We're going to talk about that coming up. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Keyshawn J. Max Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, one app, one tap. Say play ESPN on your smart speakers. Download the podcast. You can listen to us in a number of different ways. Cowboys will have 20 unrestricted free agents, three of which are offensive starters and have to make a decision on Amari Cooper's contract. 
So, Key, when asked about having a say, listen to this answer from Dak. And the reason I, I like, I, like, pay special attention because I often say you should start a consulting business for, for, you know, players or coaches who just don't know how to answer questions from the media, right? They put their foot in it. They put their foot in their mouth. You're like, oh, what a mess. But listen to this answer from Dak, and here's one of the reasons he got the bag, not just his play on the field. Quote, I think that just depends on whether they ask me. I'm not going in and knocking on doors saying, hey, I want this done, I want that done, but I'm pretty sure that my opinion will be valued in certain decisions, as I hope. So with that being said, just plan on helping this team get better in every which way I can. Key, to me, that sounds pitch perfect. How's it sound to you? Oh, it's, it's Dak Prescott. Um, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, those guys are going to, you know, do it the calculated way. They just That's just their personalities and who they are. Dak Prescott is not going to do the Aaron Rodgers egotistical maniac way that people would love to call him. And so he wants it to be done a certain way because he knows that when you're the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, there's certain things to, that are to your advantage and certain things that are to your disadvantage. And that is when you don't win, it's to your disadvantage. And when you win, you become Troy Aikman, Roger Starback. And that's where he wants to be. But it's interesting that you bring up Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. They don't seem to me to be the same. Like, Russell Wilson, sometimes when he does that, comes across to me as calculating, as you said, or Maybe not disingenuous is the wrong word, but it's not 100% authentic. Like, I think there is a calculation going on there. I'm sure Dak makes his own calculations, but he sells it to me different. I call it clean. It's clean. What I I call it. I call it clean. Yeah, but Dak sells the clean to me. He sells it like he says it with his chest somehow. Russell, the problem with Russell is and why people feel that way about him because he tries too hard. Right. If he didn't try too hard, you know, if he didn't hit the note so hard, it would be smooth and clean. He wouldn't have to go back and redo it. And Dak Prescott hits the note perfectly. What, Perfect. What, so if you're doing Keyshawn's, uh, you know, Key's consulting business, what, what is it? Like if you were going to use, here, look, here's the example. This is exactly what you should sound like, Dak. What is he doing that is exactly right there? I mean, as I said, you pay him for his play on the field, but also the way he can lead a franchise, rep the franchise, all that. What's he well, do so well? Well, right there he said that, you know, he's not going to go knocking on doors. And certainly if they want his opinion, he's open to giving his opinion. I mean, that, that's that's clean. Mm. He didn't force himself on them and put or back them into a corner to make them feel obligated to have to go to him. And then put the he attention them, right back on the team, by the way. Any way yeah, I could help any, the team, yeah. Any way I could help the team. He gave them a, a natural out. So let me ask you this, because there are some guys... You've got to go talk to huh? politicians. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but, but you know what, though? The, when, you, when you listen to this with athletes, there's a reason that we want to hear it a certain way. You know, like, you brought up Russell Wilson. He tries to hit it too hard. Like, there are some dudes who give you the football correct answer, and you go, yup, that dude drank the Kool-Aid since he was a kid, and he believes that stuff he's saying, right? Like, uh, Andrew Luck, ask him a question. Oh, it comes out just like exactly, you know. And, and same thing with Dak. Like, we're listening to see if it sounds authentic to us. Yup, that's the dude you want. It does with him. But there are guys, and this is just natural, the better the player the more power they have, right? And yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And it's one thing to ask any position, any player on a team. You want to gather quality information before you make a decision as a GM. But then there are some who also, because of how good they are, maybe should get treated a little differently. There's this whole debate now about, or, or a lot of talk at least, about how you know NFL certain NFL quarterbacks are starting to accrue the kind of power that you know NBA superstars have. In where is Dak on that spectrum in terms of how much juice he has based on how good and how young and all that stuff? Well, one okay, so let's let's you you said that there's um, in the spectrum there are people that are starting to accrue juice, yep. right? Well, that's not uh, that's not true, Max. And here's why I say that. Tom Brady was a free agent. He left. He chose a team. And when he chose that team, two former players came and played with him that could still play football, one out of retirement, and Antonio Brown, who he played with, that, that Bruce Arians knew. So he gave him the opportunity again to come back into the National Football League, right? So everybody assumes that Tom Brady forced them to do that. Well, Gronkowski's a Hall of Famer. You'd be a damn fool not to sign a Hall of Famer. You'd be a damn fool not to sign a a guy like Antonio Brown, who at the time had his head still on his shoulders. At that time, everything checked out clean. So they signed him. That's not a problem. That wasn't power by Tom Brady. We want to give Tom Brady the credit because they came with Tom Brady. Now let's move to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers pitched a hissy fit and wanted Randall Cobb. So they said, well, we need another receiver. Let's go get Randall Cobb. That relationship has gotten better, but not to the tune of where they're getting ready to overhaul their entire team to appease Aaron Rodgers. just said they're willing to do almost like whatever it takes for Rodgers, Key, just now. But but whatever it takes is, 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 is... there's limits to that, right? Uh, no, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not going to pretend it's like exactly like the NBA. But would you agree that in recent years, certain star quarterbacks have more juice than they used to have? Or you think it's the same? I think it's all the same. It depends on if if Troy Aikman wanted Emmitt Smith signed and he walked into Jerry Jones' office doing the holdout along with Michael Irvin and Charles Haley and told Jerry, you better get him signed. We're on two. And Jerry signed him. You know, I got a new nickname for you. It's Parcells Jr. It's unbelievable because I listened to Parcells growing up as a Giants fan, every press conference and all that stuff. You sound just like him. Why? Like, you think st- because, like, things never change, really, and these are the principles you stick to. But they don't. Are changing what happens, a little bit. No, what happens is we think they are. You as a player, Max, a star player, can always walk into the front office and have a conversation with that front office about signing a player. Max Kellerman, mm-hmm. the, the the radio television broadcaster, yes. can walk into a production office and say, I want to do it this way. Either they're going to lean towards you to a degree or they're going to tell you, no, 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 let's do it this way. And then you'll say no, and then I'll go back, and you go in back. In other words, power dynamics have always been the same, and they remain the same in the NFL. It just appears same. a little different at the moment. It appears to be a, a little different. It's the same. Parcells Jr. over here. It's oh, God, stop. It's all right. It's all right. Listen, uh, you, you, both Super Bowl champions. By the way, more on if Dak should get a say in the Cowboys' offseason decisions. Next on Greeny. Key, have a great weekend. 
And, yes. Uh, we'll see you here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Monday morning, 6 a.m. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.